we will not be held responsible for any hearing impairments or damage caused to you from excessive exposure to this sound. He is mad. He is crazy. Some say he never had any marbles at birth. Or maybe he's onto something. It's the Queery Cast with the Larry Queery Eye. It's not fearless. Just real talk. And now, here's your host. Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. Hi, hi, hello, and hey, hey, and welcome to this week's episode of the Criticast. I think it's going to be a quickish episode. I don't think it's going to be the usual, like, you know, like 25 minutes or 30 minutes. I think the longest I've had has been like 40 minutes. That was pretty fun stuff. Anyway, on this week's episode of the Criticast, I'm going to talk about nightlife because that has come up again in Zimbabwe after the police made some threats. I'm going to tell you a bit about those a little bit later. And the final segment, I'm going to talk about that situation with that woman with the DNA and who found out um, when we found out that, uh, yeah, well, her husband was not the father of the child. And yeah, your reactions, my thoughts on that. It's, it's a very complicated situation. But let's start off with uh, some of the stuff that made the news this week. There was that story about Nash TV copyrights issues. Now, if you don't know, Nash TV Zimbabwe is a video platform that runs on social media, YouTube and Facebook specifically, and they drop a lot of content. So shout out to them because they're really pushing the game as far as Zimbabwe is concerned. What it turned out that... Uh, a certain blogger by the name of Plot Marco, who is also a the guy behind Jimmy Liga Dance, uh, leaked a version of their contract. Now, when it came out, I was like, surely this can't be it, because it looked like a slavery type of contract. And it turns out it was correct. And the companies come out and say that they put that sort of contract, which sort of say that uh, rights were owned uh, and likeness and so forth were owned by the company to infinity. And I don't know what infinity is because rights do not exist for that long. They don't go to infinity. But anyway, it is what it is. The, the company has come out and said that they are not going to hold on to the copyrights and all the artists are performed under uh, under their banners. They've got particular some programs that they have, music, what do you call it, real estate. <laughs> you know, they've got different types of shows they have on social media. They're like, artists can come and claim those claim copyrights and make money off those songs that have released all the copy to copyright. And then all of this, of course, people will be, will be mad at uh, Nash TV and say, how dare they come up and with those sorts of contracts. But my bigger issue is how are, how are artists signing these contracts? I know that somebody will say, okay, but it happened in the United States of America when you had people like Left Eye and you had Prince all saying that they'd been gotten onto certain contracts and they wanted to get out. Michael Jackson also talking about that at some point and, you know, suddenly loving the black community when that was happening to him. But in reality, I'm just kind of like, guys, get a lawyer. And if not a lawyer, just go onto the Internet and find out about mechanical rights, find out about copyright, find out what you can give up. I know a lot of people don't even know how important their publishing is, like owning your own publishing rights, how super important that is. So I'm hoping that guys are going to learn from this. But Nash TV had said it's going to hold discussions in public in which they're going to decide, um, you know, they're going to help get the public to help come up with a, with a contract. 
uh, type of contract. But I'm like, you can get that stuff over the internet, come up with a proper contract. But I suppose this is part of the customer engagement. And maybe that's kind of gives, gives them in a good space with people once again. Santon City, South Africa, very com- uh, popular with, uh, you know, the the rich guys from Zimbabwe when they go to South Africa. Well, that was evacuated over the weekend of a bomb scare. And this bomb scare apparently opened of, happened over the phone. And so you had videos of people rushing out and that sort of thing. Uh, it doesn't look like anything happened. Um, but, yeah, bomb scares are always kind of scary. Yeah, that's what they call bomb scares. Uh, Peter Lovu, uh, hey, I want to talk about him, but it's it's not great news. No, nothing happened to him. But um, the Premier League Hall of Fame, the first two inductees of the Premier League Hall, Hall of Fame, being uh, Thierry Henry, uh, formerly Arsenal, and Newcastle's uh, Alan Shearer, have been have become the first two inductees into the Premier League Hall of Fame. Now, you had people on social media saying, "Okay, look." Uh, let's try and get um, Peter Ndlovu onto that because he is a Premier League legend, the first African to play in the Premier League. But it turns out he doesn't qualify because you have to have played at least 250 matches in the Premier League or at least played 200 for one particular club. His total appearances in the Premier League go up to 154. A lot of the other games he played, which were over 100, uh, were in the Championship. And, and as far as the Premier League is concerned... When they're putting up that title, this must be only, or rather, when you to qualify for the Premier League Hall of Fame, you have to. They only consider consider Premier League performances. Other things that if you had won the Premier League title three times but didn't get to 250, they would consider that. Others, if you've done the Golden Boot, if you're on the team of a decade, the decade and that sort of thing, and he he doesn't appear in, all, in any of that. Uh, speaking of sport as well, cricket has been happening in Zimbabwe. Uh, Pakistan are around. They won the T20 series 2-1. Zimbabwe performed pretty well. So you, you're not going to be upset if you're a Zimbabwe fan. But they've named Zimbabwe have gone on to name a 16-member side for the test cricket, uh, test formats of the, of the game. And that'll be uh, happening at Harada Sports Club with no crowd. Well, except for the crowd that's peering through, you know, the door, the frame door frames at Harad is at um, the Centurion. Apparently, you get go there and you pay a certain amount of money for food. But if you sit, there, but you're not allowed to get up because it's in the bubble. So you have to sit in the restaurant, and you can only look through the glass, the glasses by you know glass frame in the door to check out what's happening outside. Yeah, so I guess people are making a plan. It's Larry, and you're listening to the Critical. <laughs> We appreciate your time. Tell your friends and family about us. It is Larry, and you're still listening to the Criticast. And uh, in the second segment, I'm talking about the nightlife under COVID. Now, you'd think because of the ban that's in place that nothing's really happening at night in Zimbabwe. Well, you are wrong because all sorts of things are happening in the middle of the night. Illegally, of course, curfew is still 11 p.m. in the country. So you're not allowed to really engage in anything after uh, 10 p.m., not 11 p.m. I wish it was 11 p.m. 10 p.m. And uh, bars are not supposed to open. Uh, Restaurants are supposed to close a little bit earlier than that. But some people in need of recreation are going out and... 
And, you know, there are places that are opening up until late, but some places get raided a lot. And if they're getting raided a lot, the, the question becomes, why are some places getting raided and some places are not? The police have come out and say that they're going to start naming and shaming uh, establishments that are breaking the rules by hosting what they call beer drinking sprees. I have no idea what cause that. <laughs> They're drink-ups. People having drink-ups and brides at restaurants, which at, at, and also those having house parties. And, you know, it's become that sort of a, uh, environment where you hear about a house somewhere where you can get to chill and have a drink. And that's because I think people are really sick, really sick of being at home. It's not like everybody wants to break the law, whatever the case may be, but people just tired of being cooked up in the house and so they're looking for ways to get to connect with other human beings and i think there's another not spoken enough aspect of recovery in a pandemic people really need to see each other and have some sort of normalcy i don't i don't know if we call it normalcy i think we'll call it uh some sort of circumstances in which they're not going to go crazy because it's maddening. I, I sometimes spend like a day on my own and without talking to people. And you, 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 you feel like you're going to go crazy. Now imagine um, a situation now where you're spending the day with your, with your family. I know it's, it's opened up a little bit and people can leave home and stuff like that. But it gets kind of testy because, you know, you, you want to have that breathing space Um you want to have, like, coming from work, you want to pass by somewhere before going home so that you don't go home and take it out in your family, whatever the case may be. And also, the the, the other thing is that, like, I, I keep talking about the fact that we've, we've forgotten how many people are employed by these uh, organizations, such as bars and nightclubs. And one owner was like, we've been op- we haven't been able to fully open for a year, really. And... We've got 72 members of staff uh, who are direct or indirectly. But you talked about 72 members of staff. And what do you do with them? And he was like, why is it that certain bars are able to open and his isn't? And, um, And some are very close to where he is. And they get to do whatever they like. And he has to have running, uh, playing what he called cat and mouse games with the cops. So it's... It's it's a it's a, it's a crazy situation, and what it does, it just opens up to more corruption. And in this instance, as, as I always say, there is no plan to get out of it. And the worry about Zimbabwe is getting out of some of these punitive-looking laws is difficult, because the curfew that is there between um, by the president's house, where cars cannot pass through between six p.m. and six a.m., goes back to the. 1980s and it's just been that way since the 1980s and uh, you know you just can't you just can't drive past there and it's because of something that was that happened in 1980 and even when the president was talking about it he didn't seem quite sure what it was about and he's like yeah then this happened and we just don't uh, let people pass there and when he came into power in 2017 going to 2018 he said that you know that directive will be repealed and people will be able to drive past uh, the president's uh, residence that is on past state house 
in Harare after hours, but until now, nothing happens. It's like how when the United States puts um, laws in place, undoing them is just cumbersome work. And I think that's where we, I'm sad, I'm worried that that's where we find ourselves in Zimbabwe, where it's going to be cat and mouse for the next year or year and a half with the cops and so forth. While certain, you know, seedy establishments start sprouting all over the place. Because, as I say, there seems to be no plan to get entertainment working. How do we call ourselves a a, a tourist destination? A tourist destination where people have got to be in bed by 10 p.m. Just got to be. It's a discussion that is supposed to be had, but yeah. It is what it is. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. Listener discretion is advised. So the hot topic this week, and I don't want to name names, uh, and as far as this uh, story is concerned, the hot, the, the, the hot story this week is of a woman who got married and uh, got pregnant and uh, gave birth. And that sounds like a normal situation. Until it turns out that um, during a drinking game with the women that she were actually part of a Lobola squad, apparently, um, we hear is what happened. She she confessed to them that um, you know one of these drinking games where truth or dare takes place and so forth. She confessed that uh, the child that she had given birth to was not her husband's and somebody else, but it was somebody else's. And this uh, resulted in the friends going to tell the said uh, husband of the story. And he went and got a DNA test and turns out it was true. It wasn't his child. And so what I did uh, before I go into uh, my thoughts, because I've got quite a few thoughts on this, I asked a couple of people. I asked them what should happen. Should the guy leave the relationship? What is supposed to happen? And this is what they had to say. Bringing you conversation. Hey, hey, Larry. I, this is a very interesting scenario, but I believe that this man should make whatever decision he wants to make based on how he feels towards the woman and not the child. Why am I saying this? He could easily say, ah, look at it, Amwana, right? And yet inside is having a battle with this woman, like he can't even stand her. And that's not even healthy even for the child. It's not a great environment. It's not a healthy environment for a child to grow up in. Or he could say, ah, I'm kicking her to the curb and I don't want anything to do with this child. Like, probably this child has only known him as the dad and now it'll feel a lot like rejection and this child will grow up with so many problems. So, if he decides to stay, right, he should stay because he forgives the woman, he loves her so much and he wants them to move on and forward without actually bringing up the fact that the child is not his. If he decides to leave, he can leave because of the woman's infidelity, but he should, I feel like he should still remain the child's father and still be there. So co-parenting is the way to go. Yeah. Uh, listen, my guy, this guy should just suck it up. The child knows nothing. 
right? And if he loves this girl, you know, he paid Lobola for her. Yes, she lied. Yes, unfortunately, you know, this thing came out the way it came out. So if he loves her and wants to continue to spend the rest of his life with her, stay. Simple as that. There is no relationship that is perfect out there, and there's no one who's perfect. Um, if tables were turned, you'd expect the wife to stay after knowing that the husband has got kids in Sango. Right? Yes, we'll look at, hey, she's a woman, what, what, what. Men do that. Yes, we do that, but let's just look at it in that light. Let him do what he would want or what he would expect his wife to do if the tables were turned. If it's about, if it's Kusia marriage, to live the marriage and they go their separate ways, let it be so. But right now, I mean, I'm for, it seems he's got the money to, for, for an annulment of marriage, marriage, you know. You know, you look at that, those costs they could terminate a marriage, and depending the type of marriage they had, is definitely going to lose part of his his fortune to take off the girl in a divorce settlement. He has to settle something. So either way, when when she still leaves this guy with something out of with something from him, and yes, unfortunately, it is what it is. So. If they're going to stay together, they definitely need to go for counseling to find a way to work together. If not, Gango see show them some social media and just live their lives the, way, the best way they want to live their life, whether together or separate. This child knows nothing. For all this child knows, is just going to grow up with this guy's same name and we never know anything. Kids are innocent. That's just my two cents. You can, you can, you know. So there you have it. A couple of views, very interesting views. And as far as, I, I, I you kind of feel that way. Um, I don't know. I think the big question is more, what would I do? And to be honest, I think um, there, there is that a joke that is always talked about or the statement of irony that men lie a lot and women lie uh, about the most important things. So men will have a bunch of small lies, like, oh, I'm going to be late, or whatever the case, and the woman will just look into, look into your eyes and say, hey, it's yours. And, well, that's not necessarily, I think the big lies that men are capable of, but that is a humongous lie. And it changes everything that you know about the relationship, that you believe about the relationship, that you believe about um, getting married. And if you look at it, I don't know if my, it's my eyes, when they're getting married, uh, her, her stomach is bulging a little bit. So the, it might be one of the things that compelled the marriage to take place, where you felt like, okay, I've, I've got to be, make an honest woman out of her um, by, by marrying her. So... I think it's it's a complicated situation. I I, I don't know if I would stick around uh, personally, uh, especially since the child is really young, still very very young. I think uh, they can recover their marriage. She can recover 
her situation and that sort of thing because I, I, it's it's difficult to know if somebody when if somebody can lie something that huge is difficult to know what else they're gonna lie about in the future and I know some of some people say you gotta go the Godfather way and then find a way to you know preserve the relationship somehow by say maybe if you forgive them then they owe you something but it doesn't work like that in the real world I think people are still going to do whatever they're going to do even if you behave in a way in which you say you know what we need to move past this somehow um, if you're going to move past it definitely there's going to be copious amounts of counselling that's without a shadow, of, a shadow of a doubt you're going to need to have a lot of counselling you're going to have to sit with a lot of people like, there's going to be a separation period of separation and to have the discussion, you can't just wake up and carry on because this is like pretty huge, guys. Suddenly waking up and you feel like, oh, gosh, yeah, my life is coming together and so forth. I don't know what happens with the family now. Uh, you've gone and paid your lobola and the child, you, the, you know, I don't know, the different customers behave differently according to this. Like, what is the relationship with the family? that, you know, there were all sorts of penalties and so forth, like, you know, type of situation. And meanwhile, you know, the fact that she's pregnant, there's like, oh, maybe they charge you a little bit more because you got her pregnant already. I don't know. Um, and as far as the friends, it's I'm conflicted about this one because I think when you have games like Truth or Dare, I think that general consensus is that some of the, the uh, everything that is talked about in that situation has to be kept in internal. It's got to be kept in between. But again, looking at what's just happened with Norma Gigaba, um, I I just don't know because he was doing pillow talk with his with his wife. Uh, that's Malusi Gigaba, the former um, finance minister of South Africa. And she's come out to before the state capture commission and started spilling his, you know, her guts in as far as what his affairs were. So while they, they were they were married and enjoying this particular life affairs, it was all very well and good for her to enjoy the millions that were coming out and live in a lavish lifestyle, live in a lavish house and all that sort of thing. But now that the marriage is falling apart, she can just say, okay, all that pillow talk. I'm going to throw it out the window. I'm going to throw out the the implied um, contract that we have that, you know, this should not leave the room. And I'm just going to tell the whole world. And this is what's happened with these girls here because they have, there was an implied contract that if you're playing truth or dare or whatever the case may be, that whatever is said is not going to be told anyone else. And now you go and snitch. Now, I understand somebody would say, like, it's something that huge. Somebody has to say something. But whoever that somebody is, uh, I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I guess I have a principle in life that I try to stick out of, stay out of people's marriage. There was one instance in which I, tr I thought it was helping. And that was like 10, 10, 15 years ago. But you're just like, no, I'm actually making the situation worse. Let me stay the heck out of it. And my friend was like, you know, hey, dude, he, this, is, uh, this is a marriage. You've got to stay away from it. And it's complicated. And much like 
with the Gigaba situation where Norma goes in and starts talking about her, you know, putting her children within stories, which is kind of weird. Like, why are you bringing your story into such a, your children to such a volatile subject? In this instance, this child um, that, who, whose parents I won't name, is going to grow up in a world of being that child, you know, the one who is the, as, as I say in uh, Game of Thrones, the bastard, because that's what it's going to be. Uh, it's, it's complicated. Relationships are complicated. That's why <laughs> we try to stay out of them. <laughs> Which I not even have our own relationships. The only reason we end up in relationships is because of the option being by yourself and, you know, cooking and for one person and engaging in all sorts of, you know, self-medicating and self-indulgence in one form or the other, physical or otherwise. It's just not, it's not, it's, it's not the thing to do. Yeah. And with that, I say thank you very much for joining me for this week's episode of The Criticast. Take care of yourself and the people that you love and stay, stay warm. It's getting cold now in winter. And it's got nothing to do with my tweet the other day Say I, I need a wife. <laughs> I told you my house is warm. So anyway, stay warm. Uh, remember COVID-19 is still around. So please social distance, wash your hands carefully. And yeah, do, do the needful. And if you can get vaccinated, please go and get vaccinated. If, I cannot stress that enough. Just go and get yourself vaccinated uh, so that we can all get back, get back some uh, normalcy in our lives. Uh, other than that, remember uh, on Twitter at Kwiriraiyi, K-W-I-R-I-R-A-Y-I. You can get the uh, episodes of the podcast on in Podcatcher, the jabs of your iTunes uh, Spotify, uh, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, you can find the Criticast there. And also you can go to criticast.co.zw and get, it will direct you to um, the platform where we host our Criticast. And also uh, make sure you get in touch with me on email, larry at 3-mob.com. And remember that the Criticast is published by 3Ben on a boat. So take yourself and the people that you love. As I say, from where I come from, my name is Larry Quirarai. I see Luis Acevedo. It's been Larry. It's been the Criticast. Take care of yourself. Loved what you've heard on this week's episode? Well, well, the answer is simple. It would mean the world to us if you could head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review and feedback. Spreading the word really is the best way to grow our podcast and achieve even greater things. Thank you. Thank you.